What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is the only sports podcast. I'm Will. That's Casino. We are back, Casino, after a long, I believe it was 11-day break between this episode and our last one. How you yeah. been? I've been good. Uh, but yeah, we needed that break. Um, you know, just, just need that break. Our fans were just too wild, too crazy. <laughs> we needed to take time off. You went to Disneyland <laughs> for four days. Um, I went to Utah for four days, five days, actually. Um, Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Good. I feel refreshed. I feel revived. I feel very revived. You know who's not revived? LeBron James. And we can move (laughs) on to that in a bit. But yeah, no, I'm doing great. How are you? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, But yeah, as Casino said, the only reason we have not recorded a podcast is because I went on vacation, then he went on vacation, and then there was a holiday in between. And it just, yeah, just bad timing all around. But uh, we didn't miss much, just most of the playoffs uh, for the NHL and (laughs) NBA. Thank God uh, none of the series were good. Like, I mean, we're, we'll talk about Celtics heat, but I'm so no, glad that series on, no. was over. Those series, those we're games good. were God awful. God awful. Even the one that went game six, that went to the buzzer beater was oh. not good until the final two minutes of that game. Like that, the rest of that game was a slog. I hate, I hated that series. And then <laughs> Nuggets, uh, Nuggets Lakers, <laughs> which will st- as Casino alluded to before he started sneezing, let's start there, and then we will talk about what start. happened in the Miami Heat uh, Celtic series. But so it was Nuggets Lakers, and I believe we talked about. I think it was Game One, right? It was on our Maybe. last episode. We didn't I talk it was, about a lot. Yeah, but. The series uh, finished uh, even sooner than we would have if we would have just done like the last episode because the Nuggets swept the Lakers casino. Uh, Didn't see it coming. Get your brooms out, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think anybody saw it coming. Uh, Oh, the first game was... No, I should have looked this up beforehand. But oh, I mean, the we, first we game was. To, did we call? Did you call a sweep? I know we came pretty close to calling it. I actually had. No, you said those right... you said you said they would win. You said you they would win one. L.A. would win one. Yes, I but I had the the Miami. I had both. No, I had Miami in five, Nuggets in six. So I thought they would win the series four mm. two, but. What ended up happening is Miami went to seven and then Nuggets swept. So, yeah, I think the the thing about this Nugget-Lakers series was, and I'll ask you the question, were the Nuggets yeah. underrated or were the Lakers overrated? Uh, Lakers overrated all day. Because no, well, you know, it's a combination of both because it, it's – I'll get into that with hockey as well for a certain team, but the Nuggets, they're just such a well-balanced team. They play like a full team. Um, yes, you had Murray playing really well and, and Luca playing really well. You know, you had a great one too. However, people just like, ah, you know, the, that the, the Denver Nuggets, nobody knows that team. Don't care about them. They're not good. Lakers are going to sweep. Lakers are going to destroy them. It's going to be awful. Um, yeah, no, uh, 
I just think the Lakers were overrated. And yeah, Nuggets were underrated. I, I, I think it's a good combination of both. But I would have to say the Lakers being overrated because they're the Lakers. Everybody's like, oh, Anthony Davis is playing out of his mind right now. LeBron is LeBron. Yeah, no, it wasn't great. And then you had Russell and Reeves playing really well and good on them. They they were awesome. But no, everybody overlooked the Nuggets and the talent they had on that team. And you've said you said you said it where the Lakers haven't played a team like that yet. Offensive defensively, no. they have not they did not play a team the entire series uh, entire postseason like the Nuggets. They weren't ready for it. Well, also, and I remember, so we did record the podcast the day after the first uh, Lakers-Nuggets game, and it was Thursday, which game two was later that night. And I remember the takeaway from watching that game one, and we talked about it on this podcast, was how the narrative going into that, not just the games, but that series was the Nuggets have not played a defensive team like the Lakers. And that was just the narrative, which it was the was was correct. But again, it's a it good was narrative. Half the narrative. Yeah, it was true because the Lakers were by far the best defensive team they played. But again, that was half the pie where it was being played off or it was being, you know, front and center as if that was the whole story. Where in reality, the other half of that pie was, yeah, but the Lakers have not played as good of an offensive or well-rounded team as the I Nuggets. go with well I go with the well-balanced team I, the, the, to me that was the big thing was how well-rounded the team was and I mean even in the series itself in game three the worst uh Joker played in that entire series he still got 24 six and eight every other game he got a triple double where he scored uh, his lowest was 23, but then he made up for it with 17 rebounds, 12 assists. He had the 21 rebound first game. And then the last game, he ended with 30 points and a triple double. So it's like they had, obviously they played the Warriors, but they weren't playing peak Warriors, right? They were playing no. Warriors who everybody knows or everybody thought until these playoffs started that the last hurrah for this iteration of the Warriors team was last year, right? Like the ending I of the so. dynasty, I did too. The ending of the dynasty bookmarked with it starts with a championship, ends in a championship, and then you kind of, you know, the stars get older, the pieces, you know, start to go to other teams, and then you're just in a rebuild without saying you're in a rebuild, and then you have the veteran, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... This season, they kind of cobbled it together. They kept the pieces that most people thought they wouldn't be able to keep, right, with Draymond, and then there was the whole Draymond Poole thing, which made that whole situation weird. And then it never recovered, and then Poole regressed. Draymond actually got better out of that, but that's well, he, not yeah, what that Of course he regressed. Did. Of course Poole regressed. He got a concussion. <laughs> yeah. He was knocked I mean, out. He was knocked silly. He didn't know which team he was playing for. The Lakers? Yeah. Who? By the Lakers, this is this is a brand new franchise, isn't it? The Lakers, never heard of it. <laughs> well, and then the so, no, that's a serious question. Do you think he digressed a little bit because he was playing? Oh, he like 100% regressed, but I don't think it's from a well, concussion. I just think okay, well, that, he that, was... that was my question. 
<laughs> no, I think last year was the outlier where he played he played above what he normally would be last year. And then this year was kind of like who he is. Right. So it was like, because I mean, even in that, if we go back to the Lakers series, he played uh, 23 minutes, 23 minutes, 10 minutes and uh, 22 minutes. And he never scored more than 12 points. So zero minutes played or 20 minutes played. He was still a liability on the court, but yeah, but that was just, But to get back to the Lakers, uh, as you just mentioned it, this iteration of the Lakers was kind of just stitched together at the trade deadline. They played really great defense. They had really great uh, outside shooters. Then you had the emergence of Reeves. But the issue when it came to the Nuggets is the Nuggets were, I don't want to say a better coach team, but I think maybe the best... Well, no, because then they played Steve Kerr. So I think coaching with the Lakers, I like their coach, but it was like in the Heat Celtic series, you could clearly see the mismatch on coaches. The oh, Lakers, by far. they never had the advantage in coaching. It was either they were uh, not out coach, but had a better coach when they played Steve Kerr. And then when they played the Nuggets, it's like same level. In my eyes, I think I think actually the Lakers coach is good. I think the adjustments and like timeouts he makes uh, are the right like decisions. And when it comes to the Nuggets, I think their head coach uh, uh, Malone or whatever, I think he is saying everything I would say if I was a head coach, which is probably not a good thing, but that just makes me like him (laughs) (laughs) because when the Lakers won, all he did was bitch to the media about how all they talked about was the Lakers. And it's like, I would say the same thing, but should a coach be saying this? Probably not. But because I would say the same thing, I'm entertained by it and I support him. So I really like him. And then I like Spolstra. I do think, Obviously, you can throw Kerr in there, but I don't think his team is as good as his coaching would make a big difference. Does that make sense? But yeah, that makes sense. When it and we'll preview. So we're just kind of doing a recap for like the playoffs we missed since our last episode, and then we'll talk about the NBA Finals and NHL Stanley Cup being set uh, next episode. But as far as the NBA and this Lakers Nuggets series. The ironic thing is I just said coming out of that, that the media talked more about the Lakers than they did Nuggets. And before we talk about the Nuggets, because I want to end talk about the Nuggets because they won the series, we're going to talk about what happened afterwards, which I can't believe is a news story and people are taking seriously, which is in the press conference after so the Lakers stupid. had officially been swept. This is, this is them pulling. This is them <laughs> reaching so far up the ass of LeBron James trying to get <laughs> coverage on him. Well, he, he, I mean, he was the, the, uh, perpetrator of what you're talking about, which is, oh, at 100%. The press he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, all right, get to it. Get to know, it. I won't interrupt. <laughs> if you want to know if LeBron, LeBron James is the goat, just Le- ask bro, him. No, Le- and he'll tell Le- you. LeBro? LeBro? I like that. LeBro. That's my friend. LeBro. I don't hate LeBron nearly as much as everybody else does, but and I, I respect like his. I know. 
Great, pl- great basketball his. player. Phenomenal ba- basketball player. But eh. I and I don't think I think you could make an argument that he's number one, right? With Michael Jordan or however you want to do it. That's I fair. don't think you can make an argument that he is definitely in the top two of greatest basketball players ever. So I think you can, there's an argument for one. I don't think there's an argument for two. I I would I would back that. I would agree. Yeah. So uh, he comes out in the press conference afterwards and says, I don't know, this might have been my last season. You know, I'm obviously paraphrasing, but he basically said, came out and was like, I don't, I'm going to take this off season to think about if I want to come back or not. Now that that's paraphrasing, but like he said, it's so vague and everybody was like, is this LeBron? Is this LeBron saying he's going to retire? Is he not going to wait for Bronny? What's going on? Of course he's yeah. going to wait for Bronny. 100%. So that's, I think, if this would have, if he would have said this and there wasn't the brawny coming to the NBA and that's all he's been, like, that's kind of been his future goal, right? He obviously will talk about, like, oh, I want to win a championship. But I think when people ask him about his, like, future, quote unquote, his go to stock answer now is, I want to play with my son, right? Which more that's power fair. to him. I actually really like that like goal and I think it would be cool if I was in the NBA to get the opportunity to play with like my son on the same team. So I fully support him in wanting to make that happen and for that to be his goal. Now, my issue with that is you can't be saying that for two, three years at this point. And then when uh, Bronny's, I believe he committed to USC so he has yeah. to stay in college for one year, right? And then he can come out or uh, maybe he stays for two, blah, blah, blah. The point being, you are one to two seasons away from getting the goal of the thing you wanted and have been talking about for years. And now all of a sudden you're going to be like, I don't know, this might be it for me. I'm out of here. Everybody knows this is your goal and it's the closest it's ever been until next year. And then the year after when he's actually in the league, like why would you even try to just be like, Oh, I'm retiring. Like everybody knows you're not. Well, the reason, and the reason why is because he wants people to focus on him. He just lost the series and nobody was talking. All of the NBA, all of the sports media, um, was talking about, hey, we're talking more about LeBron than we are actually Denver winning the West or yeah, winning the Western Conference Finals, which was absolutely yeah. hysterical. So, uh, mm-hmm. one show that I like listening to on the radio is uh, Ben Maller late at night because that's when I, I get off work and I'm heading home. And he even brought that up and he was like, oh, and, and he's he's a wizard. He's a, he was paraphrasing, he was like, he's a wizard, he's he's phenomenal at manipulating the media because. Here we are talking about him, and we're not. Luca and Murray, Luca had triple doubles the entire series. Murray was the uh, best number two in the entire playoffs, and nobody's talking about it because we're all focused on LeBron James if he's going to retire or not, which is, we all know, bullshit. Again, paraphrasing what he said, and that was awesome. And I was like, hey, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. 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 And well, it's crazy. This is like the thing. The thing that has always annoyed me about the LeBron James like media narrative, number one on that list is Brian Windhorst. You know, like the creepy, creepy Ugh. now ESPN reporter who literally was just like, 
my entire career is going to be Uh, staked on reporting on this like 16 year old kid. And you're just like, so you're just a creepy old guy reporter, like hanging around high school gyms. And then it just like never. And then he's just been like the go-to LeBron guy. I don't know that whole, that, that guy creeps me out. He gives me fucking vibes. I agree. And, and, and I hate the whole narrative of like, I'm going to just be this guy's reporter. And then it's like, so did you want to be a sports reporter, a basketball reporter, or just a LeBron James reporter? Like, it's just, I don't, that just whole thing has been weird to me. And then he just comes off, he comes off as such a creep. But that's the number one. The other, the number two thing is it was always like, oh, LeBron James is the chosen one, the chosen one. And then he lived up to the moniker, right? Like he's the second second arguably first best basketball player ever and that he lived up to the hype and then it's like every year we hype up one player or two players or three players depending on the draft and this is in all sports right how many times have you heard in the nfl where it's like andrew luck he's going to be the next john elway right oh my god trevor lawrence is going to be the you know what though blah 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 if Andrew Luck didn't get hurt, he would have had a phenomenal career. And I, I truly believe that. But see, this is this is my point. The media just goes every year, this guy is going to be the next blah, blah, blah. And then it works out one time, and then they go like, I mean, hey, we were right about Andrew Luck, right? Because he did this. And then they'll be like, we were right about LeBron James. And then it's like, yeah, because you just say it once every year. So you can't be one out of 300 and be like, we called it. We called it. Cause I don't know if you remember when Zion Williamson was coming out, they were like, this guy's a better prospect than LeBron James. This guy is going to revolutionize the NBA. And then he didn't. He's injury prone. He was, he's good in the league, but he just never plays. And now people are like, oh yeah, but we knew this coming out. And then it's like, did you? Because you never fucking said it. Like you never said this would happen. So the thing I hate, especially now, because now people are doing like the career retrospect of LeBron James, where it's like, he was dubbed the king in high school and then he lived up to it. And then it's like, yeah, because his name is James and there was a famous king in history named James. That's the only reason why people call him King James, right? The only reason why people call Matty Ice, Matty Ice is because it's a reference to something. Joe Cool is a reference to something. These just aren't random things. They, would, they wouldn't have these nicknames if their names were different is my main right. point. So just being like, He's always been the king. He's if his name was Frederick, we wouldn't be calling him King Frederick, okay? If his, if there wasn't a famous King Frederick, so Is, was there main, was there a famous King Frederick? Uh, probably. There's been enough of these fucking kings and queens, dude. It's still crazy. We that, live in a world still where there's kings, like and kings and queens. Yeah, yeah. It's I like, know. what are we doing? Like that stupid thing. You know what they, though? I do. I do like the whole uh, king versus the aspect during that whole series and they like would put their faces like on cards and i'm like i like that i like that. <laughs> the king versus the joker the and i'm like jo- i mean that did that did just fall directly into their lap where they're oh, like yeah. oh my god there's a card that's a joker and a card that's a king like oh my god Woo-hoo! but but <laughs> yeah so the the thing with lebron is 
everybody's just like, he's the greatest and he lived up to the hype. It's like, yeah, and there's a hundred million others that haven't lived up to the hype. So you can't be like, the odds are one out of the millions you bestow this thing upon was going to work out. So as far as to put a pin and to end this, there's, I would literally say there's one percent and that even might be too high one percent he retires that's too high it's too high that's <laughs> you would say high. would you say zero i would say zero that's me personally that's that's a hundred percent zero there's no way there's no way he was doing uh, it because he nobody was talking about him if he re, if he does retire you have to do the first episode of nba season next next season shirtless whole episode i'll just do it now Um, but this season he averaged uh 29 (laughs) points eight rebounds seven assists so he can obviously still go i think it might also be obviously father time catches everybody but this season and the past i think two or three has really been where his longevity has finally started to like catch up to him where, you know, he's getting hurt for the first time in, you know, his ser- in his career where he's actually getting, you know, hurt enough where he misses games or he has to have surgery. So I think that could play into it, but again, it always becomes that one thing. And Brady stepped away where he was still kind of not at the peak, but obviously not at fucking rock competitive bottom. quarterback still. Yeah, I mean, LeBron's still competitive too. Well, he could he potentially uh at like the level he was playing at during the season and at certain points during the playoffs, he's still a top five, top ten NBA player any night he wants to be. It just is the thing where it's like, can he still play 40 minutes a game? Probably not. Can he still play 82 games a season? Probably not. So then it just becomes a puzzle piece where it's like if the Lakers again are not the one or two seed where they're playing you know quote-unquote lesser talent where they're the Lakers where they have to play in the playoff game and then the first round and then the second round and then the third round and it's all like on the road right where they don't have home field advantage and there's a lot of traveling and it's a lot of long series and stuff then it becomes the now it's not 82 games, right? It's like 100 games. It's how many of those can you sit out? You can't sit out any of the playoffs. So, yeah, it just becomes an interesting chess piece. Because in football, it's like there's a certain amount of games. You have to play every single one of them. But they can kind of be like, we're going to run more this one, right? Or in this one, right. like with, with the NBA, it's like you need to be on the court and even if you're not a focus on the court, you're still running back up and down the court every time, right? So it's like you can't really – you either miss games or you just sit out in a game and then you're losing anyways. And it just, yeah, becomes a weird thing. But now to move on to the Nuggets, I think I think the, the storyline coming out of this game uh, or this series was obviously – or this whole playoff – of the Nuggets, Laker or the Nuggets, sorry, I mean, still, still saying the Lakers, but coming out of the Nuggets whole series has been the emergence of Jamal Murray, which I've been talking about where all of his 
you know, regular season stats have just skyrocketed in the playoffs. He obviously missed, I believe it was two, three years. No, I think it was one or two years ago with the injury. I think it was, yeah, it was the 2020-2021 season. He had like the injury bug. He only played 59 games, then 48. Then this year, he came back. He was averaging during the season 20 points, four rebounds, six assists, right? So averaging 20 points on 33 minutes a game. In the playoffs. That's phenomenal. it's it, uh, I mean, that's pretty good for, especially for a number two. Oh, in, for the, sure. in the Lakers series itself, just in the those four games, he scored 31, 37, 37, had 10 rebounds in one, and then uh, was like five baskets away from a triple-double or five rebounds away from a triple-double. So your number two star has went from averaging 20 points during the season to almost double and he's three points away from 40 points in almost every Lakers game. Like crazy. That's good for him. That's good what for him. You hope for. great for him. Yeah. He's, and again, Jamal Murray was always a good player, but he was always like, uh, when he was with Denver, it was, or I'm sorry, when he was uh, first started on Denver, he was just like, you know, a number three, number, number four guy moved up to number two. Now he's like a legit can go toe-to-toe with Joker on nights where it's like, now you have two threats to worry about, right? Which is what you want. And then Joker, the always the issue during the playoffs was he has the, he had the Embiid syndrome, which is regular season MVP, putting up all these great stats, all these great numbers. And then when he gets to the playoffs, it's like, goes to half of what he was doing during the regular season. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, what happened to this guy? Right? We saw it with Embiid during these playoffs, where it was like MVP season doing shit nobody's ever seen. And then he plays not even a good defensive Celtics team, just one defensive player, one good defensive player in Al Horford. And it's just like, he gets completely shut down. And you're like, why the fuck does this always happen during the playoffs? I said it when the playoffs started. It was like, if Joker just is the Joker of the playoffs the past couple of years, the Nuggets have no shot. And no then shot. the Joker just came out and has a triple-double in almost every fucking game in the playoffs he plays. And it's also like, he'll put up a triple-double and then you'll be watching the game and you'll be like, I don't even think he's playing that good. And he literally no, still that's has the thing. like so 15 I've watched, I watched every single one of those games and – He's he's just weird, like on the court. He look, <laughs> he's just weird on the court. You're just like, okay, like he's like hunched over the entire time. Like he looks like Quasimodo playing basketball, but yet yeah, he's playing he's always like doing this. Oh yeah, he's doing this well, I mean, every single fucking time he takes the ball. He's doing this. It's like, uh, what is on your nose? What is it? He like, <laughs> it's like the, the John. I, I, always, I, I find it. I always find it funny, like whenever he's like he gets a basket, or when he's like arguing with the ref, he always just like gets <laughs> super hunched over. And I'm like, all right. Um, so, so uh, I saw this on a uh, speaking of him. So I saw this randomly on a sports page. I don't know if this is real or not. Does he really wear his wedding ring in his shoelaces? Yes. That's yeah. cool. That's, That's cool. That's cool. It is. I like it. 
He's a, I, yeah. There's nothing. But you know what my first thought was when I heard that was like, what, what if somebody goes up, comes down, and like gets their foot on his laces and like scrapes it off, and all of a sudden it's like ding 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 ding, and it's just gone <laughs> somewhere. Somebody in the front row is just like, got it. This, I'm now married I to mean, the Joker. <laughs> but uh <laughs> just saying. uh it, it, uh the I threw you off you did because i'm trying to like that would imagine just during the middle of a game it's just like wait somebody's attacking a shoe what are they going and then if that whole scenario happens that would just be yeah i mean that might be a good way to get in get in his head right because i don't know how i would react to somebody going after my shoe and then me just being like, wait, what are you doing? And then you're looking for the ring. And then, yeah, that's a good scenario. The, the heat might call you casino to put this whole thing together. <laughs> but, but, uh, why did Joker, why did Joker punch? Uh, I don't know. Give, give me a random heat player. Just a uh, random heat player. Bam. Adebayo. There you go. Adebayo is on the ground and they're all wrestling. And all of a sudden, Joker just punches in the face. You're like, what's going on? And then the the court mics just pick up like what you were talking about, like that ding, 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 ding. And then it's just, <laughs> they, uh, I mean, that would be great. That'd be memed out of existence. <laughs> that would be. But uh, the Joker in these playoffs so far, he has had two games since uh, May 5th. So since the Phoenix series, he has had two games where he has not had a triple-double. One was the second-to-last game against the Lakers where he put up 24-6-8, and eight, right? They still won that game uh, pretty easily. And those are, like, pretty good numbers, right? They're not joker numbers, but they're not bad. The only other game he did not put up a triple-double in was against the Suns where he scored 53 points and still had 11 assists. Every other game, he has scored a triple-double, including the last game against the – or the first two games against the Lakers where he had 21 rebounds, 17 rebounds against Anthony Davis. So it's like I, – I think he's impossible not to like, right? There's nothing about the Joker you don't like because he's just goes out there. He's like this like – lovable like goofball guy and then when he gets on the court it's like he's very noticeable because you're like who is that weird lanky guy like running and constantly doing this and then you'll I don't look know if at he's even I don't know if he's running he more looks like he's like stumbling down the court constantly <laughs> yeah. he looks like he <laughs> doesn't have control of his body and then he's just like doing the weird behind the back like chuck that is just like a 40 foot three point shot that goes in and you're just like yeah how about that weird one where like uh yeah that that weird he did it like three times or or game four where he was just like i'm falling backwards one arm (laughs) and just like everybody in the bar was like are you shitting me and i was like yeah that's pretty good that was that was and then he had he had anthony davis right in his face like the shot clock's going down just chucks it from behind his head over like the fingertips of Anthony Davis goes up, touches like the ceiling of the fucking arena and then just goes straight into the hoop. And you're just like, well, I've talked about it on this podcast. I've talked about it on this podcast. One of my favorite shots of all time in men's or women's basketball is, uh, uh, oh my gosh, why am I blanking? Mavericks superstar. 
Holy uh, crap. Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki. Yeah. Dude, his shot like is I remember watching that 2000 I think it was 2011 when they won the finals and there was just one where same kind of thing falling back just shot it and I'm like, "Okay, it's out of view. It's out of view. Where's Oh, there it is. It just went in." And it just yeah. like drops in like some it looks like one of those those shots like Luca and and Dirk and um, one of my favorite players, I mean, for the Las Vegas Aces that I watch, uh, the women's is Chelsea Gray. Their shots are so clean. They're just high arcing, just like, woo. And <laughs> looks like somebody just like drops the basketball into the hoop. It's awesome. Yeah. Those are my favorite shots. And I think, I don't think you can, can compare anyone to Joker, but I think in terms of just like, like looking on the court and just being like, how is this guy the best player on the court? I think you could have said the same just appearance wise with Dirk, right? Like Dirk on the court always just looked like, what's he doing out there? How is he the best player? And then he would just put up shots where you'd be like, how the fuck did that go in? Like yeah, it doesn't make Joker. Sense. Yeah. Joker to me is comparison just in terms of like aesthetically. Not game wise, because Joker, I think, is a way better player. But oh, by far. Yeah. Uh, now we can move on to the Celtics Heat series, Do which we was have to. <laughs> so uh, I know Casino loved the meme I sent him yesterday, which the last decade I, I actually only sports. saw it today. I was oh. drunk last night. <laughs> I mean. You're going to want to get drunk after I read you this. So since 2010, okay, every year, Casino, and I got this from NFL Memes, great meme page on Facebook. I think they're on everything, but I get them from Facebook. I got this from Facebook, NFL Memes. 2010, Celtics lose the finals. Next year, Patriots lose the Super Bowl. Next year, Patriots lose in the conference championship. Next year, uh, Celtics lose in the conference finals. Next year, the Bruins lose the Stanley Cup. Next two years, Patriots lose conference championships. Then Celtics lose conference championships. Then Patriots lose Super Bowl. Then Celtics lose conference finals. My dog's then growling Bruins... at you because he doesn't like your <laughs> comments. Bruins lose Stanley Cup. Uh, then Celtics lose conference finals to Heat again in 2020. Then 2021, the Red Sox lose the ALCS. 2022, the Celtics lose the NBA finals. And then in this year, you got lucky. You got two, which was Bruins lose after their historic season. And then Celtics lose in maybe the funniest possible way you can lose a series, which is being down 0-3. Right, and everybody's thinking sweep, and then all of a sudden you win one, and then Jalen Brown comes out and is like, Don't let us get one, don't let us get one, and everybody's like, Okay, haha. And then they win two more, and they win game six on maybe one of the most like, How the fuck did this just happen? Plays maybe ever, especially in like to save off elimination. Uh, where White just inbounds the ball. Jalen, I literally called it. I was at work. My bar, my bar was packed, packed with people rooting for the Heat, right? So when, so Jimmy Butler gets fouled, let's just re- 
recap the end of game six. Jimmy Butler gets fouled clearly behind the three-point line, which means he gets three free throws. They're down by two. So he uh, is clutch. Everybody knows I love Jimmy Butler. Makes three uh, free throws to be up by, I believe, one or two going into these final seconds. I think it was one. Uh, So all you need is a two-point to win. I literally turned to my friend who I'm working with at the bar. He doesn't know shit about basketball. And then they call the timeout and I'm like, all right, they have three seconds on the clock. I guarantee you they're going to pass it. Even though they're only down by one, they're going to pass it to Tatum or Brown. And one of them is going to jack up a three pointer and fucking brick it. And he was like, why would they shoot a three pointer? And I said, I don't know. That's just what happens in the NBA. It's fucking dumb. White passes it to Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown uh, doesn't even try to drive to the hoop to get a mid-range shot. He jacks up a three. You're on mute. He jacks There's up three a guys three. standing around him, too. Like- <laughs> he jacks up a three with some guy in his face. It. I'll give him credit. It did a like a ring out, right? Where it went in the basket, kind of like rang out. But it was like the chances of him making that shot were slim to none. Stupid fucking shot. And then White, the one who inbounded the ball, runs up baseline behind it. The, the first thing you're taught in basketball uh, around the rim is to box out right? Because you don't want this exact thing to happen, which is the other team runs up, just tips it in. I mean, the the slow motion replay of it, like, if it's on his finger for 0.1 more second, it doesn't count. But that whole play was fucking incredible. The bar at my work immediately died. Not a Celtics fan in the room except one of the other <laughs> bartenders. And everybody was just like, the fuck? And I immediately was like, well, they're losing game seven. Because I've always said game sixes are usually the good games. Game sevens are blowouts. I've said this. Uh, it has been true this entire playoffs. Not in and, hockey. That's true. And then uh, game seven ended up being a blowout, which was last night. But it was a blowout for the Heat. Uh in Heat's favor, they did not get blown out, which I thought they would. They win the game. Now, the caveat of this is on the first play of the game, Jason Tatum fucked up his ankle. And you could tell he couldn't jump. He was basically out for the entire game. I and then, think that was the biggest issue. I'll be honest. Well, yeah. But again, we've seen Jason Tatum be so hot and cold in big games as it is. Who knows if he would have even turned it on in this game because we've seen in other big games where, I mean, even that Sixers Celtics. Okay. Let us just have the excuse. Come on. Well, even in the, uh, (laughs) the big Celtics uh, Philly game six, he only had 19 points in that game. And I'm pretty sure that was the one where like 12 of those points were in the last six minutes of that game. Right. So previous to that, in a big game six, when you're in the opponent's arena, or I'm sorry, when uh, game six, or in this case, game seven, when you're at home, like he hasn't shown up. The Celtics were also five and six this season uh, 
on in road playoff games, which was by far the worst home record when it came to, uh, you know, team playing at home and they lost home field advantage every fucking series. And then it came back to bite them in the ass. And, but the real takeaway from this story was not Jason Tatum because he does have the built-in caveat, the built-in excuse. There was a graphic that popped up on screen, I believe either before halftime or right after halftime, where the Heat had had seven turnovers up to that point, and Jalen Brown himself had had eight. He had eight turnovers, and again, everybody knows it's Tatum Brown is the 1A, 1B, with clearly Tatum being the 1A and star of this team, right? But Jalen Brown is clearly... On some nights, and especially during this series, he's played pretty fucking good. But uh, he also just makes some of the dumbest basketball plays you'll ever see. And in this series, he went, last night's game, he went 8 for 23 from the field with, again, at one point, he had more turnovers himself than the Miami Heat had as a team. Right in a game seven at home. Yeah, he you can't do that. Twenty uh, game six, he actually had a phenomenal game where he had twenty uh, six points on nine of sixteen shooting, ten rebounds, three assists, and it felt like he got fouled every fucking play and just made clutch free throws. Right, but then he's so hot or cold, and the NBA did a new CBA agreement, and it's going to be like really fucking over teams where basically you're just going to be able to pay two people max deals and then kind of have to pay everybody else pennies because your two stars are going to get all your fucking team salary cap. But I, I mean, as I, I, I hope that helps balance things out a little bit. I think, well, I think it will. And I think that one of the major criticisms about two of the things we talked about in this show, which has been the Celtics and LeBron James, is the two worst things those two, one a franchise, one a person ever did, is Miami or and the Heat are included in this because LeBron James joining with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and creating like the super team in response to the Celtics with Durant and Pierce and uh who's the third guy in that it was Ron, oh. it was it was pierce garnett and allen my blanket his name ray allen Who? ray allen thank you so those three joining together to create like the first modern super team actively building a super team and then lebron like as a response creating a super team has kind of fucked over the NBA ever since, right? That happened in the 2007, 2008 season. So we've been living in this world where this is the result. And now it's like immediately, instead of the NBA being like, we'll give a couple years so teams can get adjusted. They're starting this next season. So then it becomes the big question where as a Celtics fan, do you just sign uh, you obviously have to sign Tatum, right? Because he's your clear star. But the shining star right next to him is Jalen Brown. So do you, as a Celtics fan, want just Brown and Tatum and then we try to build around him? Or do you say, 
just give me Tatum, let Brown walk, and we'll try to assemble the team that way. Let Brown walk. Um, there's already talk where, I mean, you've, you've heard it if you've been following that Brown just doesn't fit in. Uh, well, there's, there's been... also talk he just doesn't like being a Celtic. Right. So, so no, I'm 100%. I, I want him to go. I want him to go. Yeah, I agree. He, I think I would let him walk way, as well. Up, so if you want to continue finishing, wrapping up this, and then I'll come back in for hockey. Is that cool? Yeah, we'll be back I don't have much more on this. Five minutes. But... All right, I'll be yeah. right back. Uh, so I think when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to Jalen Brown, I think the indication that he is obviously a great player. Does he deserve? I don't think you can say like deserve money because the the salaries like football and basketball players are so absurd. It's like. But then you could also say that about real life with like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, where it's like, does really, is Amazon mean that Jeff Bezos deserves that much money? Like, then you get into that weird space. So I don't even want to use deserves. It's just like, if you were the GM and it was your money, would you? So Brown was obviously drafted to the Celtics in the 2016-2017 season. He started six with six points, then went to 14 then 13, then 20, then 24, 23, and 27. So every year he's gotten better and better, right? By playing more minutes. He also, his rebounds go up, his assists go up. So he's clearly getting better every year. The only issue is he kind of has what we talked about, what Joker used to have, what Embiid currently does, what Harden always has had, where when he gets to the playoffs, during the season, he's averaging 26 points, right? So against Miami, he averaged 19. He did have 26. And then he had 21, 17, 12, 16, and 22. Against the, the Sixers, he showed up, right? He fucking murdered my team. Where he had 25, 17, 24 in the last three games. But for me, it's always the shooting percentage, which is against Miami last night's game. He was eight for 23 the night before the game before that he was nine for 16, then nine for 18 then seven for 16 then six for 17, then seven for 23. So he's not a great shooter. And then the bad part is when he, when you're watching him, it almost seems like he tries to shoot himself out of a bad shooting night, which then just, leads to more bad shooting. Like last night, the issue was shooting, right? Because it was eight for 23, but then he also just couldn't handle the ball. Like there was that crucial point where the Celtics were kind of making a little bit of a run and, you know, made it within, I think it was in the third or fourth quarter when they were within nine, I believe, like nine or eight. And Jalen Brown is dribbling down the court. He kind of has two heat guys around him, but they're not like, you know, pressing him. And he kind of just loses the ball. And then the heat guy kind of just bounces right to the heat guy. And you could tell he's just like, oh, like there was no defense being played on him. And then he just turned the ball over. And again, you're at home. It's game seven. You have all the momentum, not at that moment, but like going into this game. And you put on a performance where you almost single-handedly lose your game. 
or lose the game. I would think if you're looked at as the one A or the one B or you know the potential to like Tatum's the star, but Brown's right there, right? So when it's the game and it's the moment, game seven in your building and your number one just went down because of a fluke, you know, landed wrong on his ankle first play of the game. And so now it's your turn to carry the team. This, especially where it's like, okay, this is the moment where I'm basically auditioning for a $200 million contract next season. That's where you want them to step up, right? That's why as a Sixers fan, when it was like, oh no, Embiid's out and it's Harden. And then he puts up 51 and you're like, oh my God, this is why you got James Harden. And then it's kind of the rest of the series progress. And you're like, fuck, this is why we got James Harden. Because he gives you one of those in a seven-game series when you need three. Like, yeah. But then to have that kind of, like, performance where you turn the ball over so much, you only get 19, you're eight for 23 shooting, and then it's just like, man, what do we, what do, we do with you now? I think the most in, one of the most interesting questions going into this offseason is just like, will the Celtics sign Brown? I think they will. I think it will end up being a mistake. But I also from and and I hate the Celtics as a team, right? Because I'm a Sixers fan. But I don't think there's a lot to hate about Jason Tatum. I don't think they have hateable players right? Except Al Horford's annoying, but like star players, I don't think they have hateable players. So it's kind of like you're rooting against the Celtics, but not really against Tatum or Brown. I mean, Brown killed the Sixers and it was kind of just like, Jesus, this guy's just good, right? He's not like annoying, but it's annoying that he's so good on the team beating your team. So I don't think he's hateable. I don't think he you know, has that stigma, but then it's like, is he good enough to be the number one on another team, especially another bad team that's probably going to have all the money to sign him? Like, we'll find out, but I think he's We'll find out. You want to know something I also found out? My kid takes massive shits. So, I mean, we have to take a second here. (laughs) All right. Yeah, I mean, it's Uh, happened before. So, yeah. um, We'll be right back. I hope you guys enjoy listening to BJ. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Uh, The last bit of NBA news before we will get into what happened in the NHL playoffs. This has been the NBA. Now we'll get to the NHL next. But the other news coming out of the NBA is that speaking of my team, the they have hired a new head coach, which is Nick Nurse, former coach of the Toronto Raptors, famous for you know the shot with Kawhi Leonard and that Raptors team knocking myself or not knocking myself, no, knocking my Sixers out of the playoffs with just a four bounce. I mean, I can't think of a more demoralizing moment of me as a fan of basketball than watching that shot go in. And then obviously they win the title that year. And yeah, I think this is 
a major, major upgrade from Doc Rivers, who I've always said I think is one of the most overrated coaches, maybe ever, just in what he's like put on this pedestal with all these great coaches, and he's literally had like one pretty good season and then historic, historically bad seasons where you can't blow that many 3-1 leads and still be considered a great coach. I'm sorry. You just can't. Like, it's like, it it's counterintuitive to be like, he's one of the greatest coaches ever, but he also does these historic things no other coach has ever done that are really bad. And then you, those, you can't have those two things. So I think going from a coach like Doc Rivers to Nick Nurse, and obviously he said shit about Embiid in the past that was kind of like, ways to stop Embiid well if you know how to and he did so if you know how to stop Embiid like you gotta know how to utilize him and I think he will I don't know if Harden stays I'm kind of okay if he stays or if he goes I just don't think again it's the same thing with the Jalen Brown thing I'm as a Celtics fan, or if I was a Celtics fan, I think every Celtics fan would be like, I would like to keep Jalen Brown. The issue is not Jalen Brown keeping Jalen Brown. The issue is using so much money to keep Jalen Brown, which is the bad part of sports as a fan, right? Where you're like, I wouldn't mind having James Harden on the Sixers, but I don't want to give him almost a quarter of the salary to have him on the Sixers. So it becomes that delicate balance where it's like basketball there's not really team friendly deals but there might just be like a we can't give him the max kind of thing and then you obviously still have the Tobias Harris uh giant contracts which will be definitely affected by the new CBA agreement so the NBA as a whole is going to be a very different animal and much more interesting in in a way of like how are teams built? Because obviously go back to the Lakers, like Austin Reeves was the breakout star on the Lakers. Right. But it's like now with this deal coming in, Anthony Davis is going to get the max. We obviously think LeBron's coming back. He's going to get the max, which means if Austin Reeves wanted, could he go to another team and get, obviously can't get the max, but could he get, a similar contract where he's paid as a number one or two on a team that doesn't have a one or two, like, yeah, probably. But would he want to stay in LA? I don't know. So it just becomes this delicate balance of, I love the hire of Nick nurse, but this, the Celtics, the Sixers, the Lakers, like all the golden state warriors, all the teams that were in the playoffs this year, it more becomes in terms of instead of coaching, it more becomes what are we going to do with the salary caps? Right. Um, I agree. They do it in some fashion too. Um, again, I loved I loved Anderson, the goalie for the Hurricanes. He played great. The rest of the team, they didn't really show up. Um, well, so the, ser- the story of these, this series was, in my opinion, I didn't really think the defense is – or the offenses were outrageous for either team. Uh, I thought the goaltending was just superb on both sides, and that's why the games were felt really tight and everybody was on the edge of their seat. Is because and it was exciting to watch for four games because you were getting these high quality chances, but the goalies were just standing on their head multiple games in a row. Um, yeah. 
you know, I, I picked the Hurricanes in six. Uh, boy, was I wrong. Uh, and again, I, I don't. Florida I was great. Panthers. I just thought you did. But I but thought I picked the them Panthers, in seven. Right. <laughs> I, I liked the Panthers. I, they deserved to get where they where they were. I just thought the Hurricanes were going to be able to take them down. So kudos being a Boston fan and being the Bruins getting knocked out after that historic season against the Panthers. I'm glad that they made the finals. I, I, I'm really glad that they came out of the East out of any other team. I'm going to go with the team that beat my Bruins. Yeah. My kid's yelling at me. She's done with something. What's up? <laughs> so do you. Anyway. Yeah. Hi, honey. Um, give me a hug. Yes. That, that's uncle BJ. He's right there. You can see him. Yep. 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 Um, anyway, uh, so really not much to talk about. It was just the Panthers players. <laughs> yeah. What are we done with? What are we done so with? We I, eaten anything. So while you're talking Continue. to her, I will say that we both picked the I'm gonna Knights. I'm going to get her a snack. I picked the Knights in five. You picked them in six. And then I picked no, the whoa, Panthers. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not there yet. We're not right there here. yet. I know. I'm just doing our predictions. And then... I picked the Panthers in seven. Casino picked the Hurricanes in six. And then we both had the Nuggets in, I think, Casino said five. I said six. And then we both picked Miami. Or no, you picked, did you pick Celtics or Heat to win that series? You're muted. Blah, 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 blah. I thought I picked Heat in six, if I recall. I think so. You picked Heat and Six. So we actually got, uh, we both got the NBA finals right. And then I got the NHL finals right. So two for two. Cool. Continue. Nobody cares. Now, anyway, (laughs) uh, so yeah, really not, honestly, I don't think too much to talk about in that that series um, for me, honestly. Um, But game four ended pretty crazy where. It was getting close to the end of the game. Panthers were up. Hurricanes just come down, and they were able to get a goal. They tied it up. It was like, all right, cool. This game looks like it's going to go to overtime again, which was a a reoccurring thing in that series. I was like, all right, we're going to go to overtime again. But the player who I – their number one guy who I can't stand, can't stand the guy, Matthew Tuchuk, um, which I got a great chant from my – one of my regulars came up with it, and I'll tell you in a second. Uh, but going on that, uh, with like four seconds to go, maybe even less, Matthew Tuchuk was able to swing on down, get the game winner for the Panthers with like four seconds to go. It was a brutal way to end a series for the Hurricanes. I mean, they didn't even have a sh- – they, they, they probably would have lost an OT anyway, but they didn't even get a chance. So they got swept. I, um, I think in both – the NBA and NHL, it's kind of depressing how good the playoffs were up until it got to the conference finals. And then in the NHL, the conference finals were dog shit. And then in the oh, NBA, they I were dis- fucking worse. I disagree. I, Ugh. well, I disagree. I thought all the games were really good games and it just, Ugh. it favored. It, it just, it landed in Florida's, in Florida's direction every time. Um, hell game one went to, quadruple ot that was a fun fucking game and then that entire rest of that series the first games of all of them were like oh man we're gonna be in for a show right first game of heat celtics first game of 
uh, Lakers Nuggets first game of Panthers Carolina first game of Golden Knights Stars. It's like, oh man, and then every game after that was just shit. So we got our hopes up, where it was like best playoffs ever, and then the games were just, uh, uh. the next games after that. The Florida won in OT in game two. Then it was 3-0 Florida, 4-0 Florida. And then Golden Knights, the first game was OT. Second game was OT. And then it was Golden Knights, four. Then it went to OT again. Then it was four. And last night's game was six. It's like, no. Yeah, no okay. Casino. Is this is this uh, catch up with hockey with BJ yes. or catch up with hockey with Casino? This huh? is catch up with the only sports podcast right yeah, there okay. with Casino. Uh, no, that was good and that you actually jumped yeah. in there because the wife's about <laughs> like about to walk in and the dogs are crying and screaming. Um, yeah. Anyway, also there's but, a uh, fucking tornado so going in on your side. I'm I'm really the, my only worry. There's two players that are worrying me against the Florida Panthers. Um, yes, Vegas has made it, and, but the players that you have to watch out for, even if Dallas advanced, is to Chuck and their goalie Bobrovsky. And again, Bobrovsky was playing out of his mind to Chuck. He wasn't having great, great scoring chances and this and that. But when he was getting to the net, he was doing when he finally got there. um, He was getting there in the big moments. So, you know, he he had that game winner um, in I forget which game it was uh, in OT. And then he had the game winner again uh, in game four. So. When they needed him to show up, he showed up. Besides that, I, I felt like he kind of was pretty flat throughout the series. Um, but uh, I saw a heat graph of with him on the ice and then with him off the ice um, for X amount of minutes. It was like 2,000 minutes and then two, like almost 3,000 minutes versus like uh, just over 1,000 minutes or whatever it was. It was something like that. It was for the season um, while he was on the ice. Uh, while he was on the roster playing and all of the goals that were scored were right for the whole team were right in front of the net when he was on the ice. And then it looked very uh, pedestrian with him off the ice where it was a little hot spot here, cold spot here, hot spot here, cold spot. But there was the front of the net really wasn't busy, but when he's on the ice, if you can stop him from getting in that middle, I feel like that team is going to struggle to score. So with that being said, congratulations to the Panthers. They did a great job getting there. Carolina, go home, go golfing, whatever you want to do. I don't know what hockey players do in their off season. They just go play more hockey. I don't know. But <laughs> what, why do you think, uh, what do you think was the issue with the hurricanes? Why do you think they could just not get anything going in this series in well, terms of I, like, I, you I feel they were, them they were as maybe the they best were expect- team. They were expected to win. I think that they got complacent where they were expecting to win. They're like, oh, we're the better team. Yes, they beat the, the Panthers, beat the Bruins, the Panthers beat the Maple Leafs, but, you know, they haven't played us yet. And, you know, we're a better yeah. team. And, you know, we're going to take them down. Well, again, Bobrovsky stood on his head, crushed it. And I think they sh- when they were having trouble scoring against Bobrovsky on high quality chances that diminished their, that diminished their, um, like, I don't know, urge to, to play hard. And the Panthers, mm. they're used to that though, because close, they were close games, not scoring. I mean, you're going against Boston and 
you know, Maple Leafs, and those games were pretty grind out uh, series. My kid is just screaming. Uh, pretty grind out series. That um, yeah, that's. I, I think they got a little too complacent, where they thought that oh, we we could take the Panthers, um, and yeah, they were they were wrong. So with that being said, let's move. Are oh, you have any more on that? I mean, no, that I'm series say, is pretty easy. If we get a copyright strike from Frozen playing "Let It Go" in the background, I'm gonna murder your casino. <laughs> I'm gonna because it is picking up pretty clearly on the mic. Well, what do you want me to do about this? <laughs> I don't huh? know. Turn it down so it doesn't. Pop I can't. Up it's on. It's on a doll. It's on a little doll. Oh, Trust me. The first time she pressed this clear thing, audio from a doll, dude. When they pr- she pressed this button for the first time, and I heard how loud it was, I was like, "Okay, where's the volume button?" <laughs> nope. Just nope. one one. Yeah, no. So yeah, she's off. currently on the couch, just sitting there going. <laughs> just replaying I mean, it as you can it's hear. It's a great. Song. I don't know. I don't know what it's you want me to song. do. I don't know what you want me to do. You know what I, mean, I want you anything- to do? I want you to let it go. Just let it go. <laughs> we'll- Welcome back to the Only Sports Pod. Oh, wait. No, we're not starting a new episode. We're just continuing where I left off with my kid screaming. Um, anyway, so um, a lot of people thought this was going to be a sweep after the Knights went up 3-0. Big reason why is because in Game 3, one of the most egregious egregious penalties I've seen in hockey. I've seen a lot of bad penalties in hockey, but... This one was just gruesome. So Jamie Ben, the captain for the Stars, can't stand the dude. Uh, he actually, <laughs> this is a repeat offender. Um, so Vegas Golden Knights captain Mark Stone goes to the ground, lost an edge. It was it was in front of Jamie Ben. Jamie Ben was fined. He he, in his press conference said, "Oh, he fell." No, you were totally fine. Um, so Stone's laying on his back, looking up. Jamie Ben comes down, cross check to the face neck area. It was. So deliberate, and they gave him a five-minute major immediately, uh, which that means if the Golden Knights score, they are able to score again and again, and the the penalty does not go away until the full five minutes, even if they score. Um, And the game got away from – this was with like a minute 30 into the game, so it was pretty much game over from the very beginning. The Knights capitalized on it, uh, but – it was an absolutely disgusting. He got a game misconduct. Um, eventually, after that, it was a uh, two-day, two-game suspension, which in playoffs, they kind of hinder the suspensions a little bit. Um, if it was in the regular season, he probably got four games or five. It, it's kind of like a, a two-to-one ratio is where, where they call it for. So he got a two-game suspension. Everybody was like, oh, he's out. Uh, Dodonov, who used to be a Golden Knight, uh, got injured in that game as well. The Knights just cruised by rolled through that game like it was absolutely nothing the last honestly i'd probably say 35 minutes of that game looked like they were just coasting they were just cruising dallas kept trying to get them to partake in fighting uh there's a great one where nick haig was just getting pummeled in the face by one of the dallas players and he was just laughing it was fantastic um so golden knights won that everybody was like oh with the donov out with uh, Jamie Ben out, which is part of their top line. The Knights are going to roll. Well, that was not the case. The Knights, <laughs> I think this were, I think this was a good thing for them because they had some games to spare. Uh, they lost the next two, which is the first time in the playoffs so far where they didn't respond after a loss um, and immediately win. So, 
you know, that, that was impressive itself in itself. They haven't lost more than two games in a row. Um, and they, that only happened one time, but I think it was good for them because they fell flat in game four and game five. They did not look like they wanted to play hockey. They thought they had it wrapped up and that with those stars out of the stars lineup, that they were just going to be able to roll with them, roll on them did not happen. Was not the case. Um, uh, Robinson for Dallas absolutely demolished Vegas in the two games that Jamie Benn was out and Adonov was still out because of injury. Um, they could not stop him from getting in front of Aiden Hill and scoring. And you got to give Aiden Hill credit. He played absolutely phenomenal. And I don't know if you watched the game, but in game five, he had, in my opinion, it's the save of the playoffs for any goalie, or at least in the top three, where he dives back over to his left, gets his glove out. It was like that Flurry save from the Golden Knights uh, like uh, four years ago, where Flurry, oh no, did we just break? No, no, no we're Flurry, Where Flurry dove um, all the way across back the net and and stopped it. It, it was it was high top uh, top tier save, great for him, but his team was not rewarding rewarding him, and there was a lot of people questioning, oh. Aiden Hill, Ottinger, Ottinger is going to be playing better down the stretch. Aiden Hill is going to start falling apart. Um, was not the case. He was the only thing good for the Knights in those two games. Um, but then last night was game six back in Dallas. And boy, was that fun uh, for multiple reasons. One was Vegas won. They are now conference champions. They moved to the fa- uh, Stanley Cup finals. But also what I really thought was funny was there was somebody at my bar that she was her and her husband were like and they're from Vegas and they're Vegas fans and they were saying oh this is great you know I really hope that it goes to a game seven and you know then the Knights win we're like why and they're like because it'd be more exciting you know and that's what we want to see and we're like no we all want we want to see them win and then she was like yeah well, what's you know that's not the point you want excitement and we were all kind of questioning so I was like excuse me like and I was bartending, so I was trying to be as professional as I could. And I was like, well, what's, what's the purpose of uh, playing a sport? And she goes, for the competition. And I go, no, to win. And she goes, yeah. no, you, people want to play for you know the competition aspect of it. And I was like, okay, what, you're thinking this is like the Olympics? Oh, yeah, in the Olympics, there's still winners and there's still losers. <laughs> and that's in the we greatest, sports, to win the the greatest sports arena outlet of all time is the Olympics. You know, that's the creme yeah. de la creme, and they're still competing to win. They're not, yes, it's competition, but they're still going to win, trying to win. Um, and so that was really funny. And so my other bartender was like, no, I want my team to stomp 8-0 eight, eight is what I want this to go. And yeah. you know what? He almost called it. It was 6-0. <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights just absolutely dominated. It was their best game of the entire playoffs from full 60 minutes. Oh, yeah. It was beautiful play. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. Um, awesome to watch. Um, so they finally got back into it. And what I noticed, there was two things, two keys to this game of why I think the Knights won was one, they got back to Bruce Cassidy's system where they filled in that middle. They did not let the likes of now Jamie Ben back being back in, uh, Pavelski, who's one of the best tipper. I hate Pavelski with all, all my heart, <laughs> but he's one of the best, um, puck redirectors in the NHL history, he's phenomenal at it. They didn't let him get in front. They didn't get let Jamie Ben get in front. They also didn't let Robinson, who was eaten 
Hill alive the previous two games in front. They let all the shots out, and Aiden Hill did talk about it after the game where he was saying that um, he was saying that this may have been the easiest game for him the entire playoffs because his defense kept every shot outside. There was really nothing in the middle for him to have to deal with, um, which is awesome. Um, so that was great, and the Knights are favored to win in the Stanley Cup final, and I think – oh, and the other reason was – big reason for – uh, Vegas, I felt like, is Bruce Cassidy, being, in my opinion, one of the best coaches in the league before he was even on the Knights. And he was, even before he was the head coach for the Bruins for six years, he was an um, assistant coach. I always liked him as a coach. Is He's not afraid to make big changes when he needs to make them. Um, so he took Waugh. Um, Nicholas Wall, he put him back on the fourth line, took him away from being a winger, put him back into his natural position as a center. Yes, it's on the fourth line, but our fourth line is one of the best lines in hockey. And that showed because they started the fourth line for puck drop and immediately they got the first goal. They got a second goal. So the fourth line was great. That switched up where Bruce was like, okay, we're going to go back to our old system, put Wall back to the center and we're going to let them cook like they had all regular season and was productive and they were. So that was great coaching. Um, and if we'll get into the Stanley cups a little deeper, but I like Vegas's chances to win. Um, as I said before, they're the most complete team left in the playoffs. Yes. Florida is a decent four line team, but Vegas is much deeper. And if they play the Bruce Cassidy system and they stop as I was um, I brought up for a reason where I said to Chuck on the ice is all down that center, right in front of the goal. The Knights are the one of the best doing this. I keep in Bruce Cassidy's system specifically keeping players away from the center of the ice. And if you do that, you're going to be just fine. And I think that uh, the Panthers have not played a team with this type of defense or played a team with this type of firepower up front, all four lines. Um, so I like, I like Vegas's chances in the cup. Um, we'll, we'll get into that later, but yeah, no, it was, it was great stuff. And I think this is a good place to leave because yeah. my child is a ticking time bomb. This has been the only sports podcast. I'm Will. That's casino. Adios. <laughs>